I think I think we're gonna uh, do a reading this uh, today from uh, There is a Solution. So picking up on page 17. We of Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who were once just as hopeless as Bill. Nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. We are average Americans, all sections of this country, and many of its occupations are represented, represented, as well as many political, economic, social, and religious backgrounds. We are people who would normally not mix. But there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. We are like the passengers of a great liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade, pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table. Unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, our joy in escape from disaster does not subside as we go our individual ways. The feeling of having shared in a common peril in, is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. But that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly love and harmonious action. This is the great news that this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. An illness of this sort, and we have come to believe it an illness, involves those about us in a way no other human sickness can. If a person has cancer, all are sorry for him and no one is angry or hurt. But not so with the alcoholic illness, for with it there goes annihilation of all things worthwhile in life. It engulfs all whose lives touch the sufferers. It brings misunderstanding, fierce resentment, financial insecurity, disgusted friends and employers, warped lives of blameless children, sad wives and parents. Anyone can increase the list. We hope this volume will inform and confront those who are or who may be affected. There are many highly competent psychiatrists who have dealt with us, though, uh, have dealt with us, found it sometimes impossible to persuade an alcoholic to discuss his situation without reserve. Strangely enough, wives, parents, and intimate friends usually find us even more unapproachable than do the psychiatrist and the doctor. But the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic within a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. There we go. All right, thanks, uh, Paul Alcoholic. Uh, thanks everyone for being here. Uh, yeah, this is, there is a solution. See the thing of some of the, how I read a lot of it is what it's implying, which is the commonality of the problem. Yeah. Which is the commonality of the problem is that the problems taken so personally, we don't see the commonality of the problem. So the problem 
part of the problem's commonality is an extreme personalness or a sense of being unique and uh, separate and independent. And uh, <laughs> so <laughs> each and every, you know, you may come to the rude or the awakening that you have alcoholism, but you will it'll still seem to be very personal. You won't see the commonality of it. And that if you look at, if you did like a sociological study on our community, that the evidence is so glaring, it's, it's strange that it's not obvious because of the disease obscuring the information to, to me. So when you go to a meeting, I went to one, I remember when I first started going, it allowed me to feel this terminal uniqueness that just seemed to be my working standing operational program. But when I got to meetings, certain things that just were never felt or really sensed, they just weren't quite influential, became sensed and felt and uh, a, a healthy suspicion arose. So I was there feeling incredibly terminally unique uh, which means that I believed these were private thoughts that were mine, feelings that no one else had, and did things that no one else did. And then people would share at meetings their thoughts, feelings, and, and their actions, and I could only come to two conclusions. How did these people get my thoughts, or they're not mine? So... I feel it's so important to realize that there's one activity, let's call it self, that has defeated us through its manifestations in our lives. Now, to me, that's the, uh, that's the point to be convinced of and to maybe look at your role in things because if you look at your role in things, you're going to see self's role in things. Yeah, this is why I feel, this is how I read a lot of reluctance to the fourth step, is because the disease is protecting itself from fucking the light. Yeah, it doesn't want you to see what's going on. So by thinking everyone else is screwing with you, putting all the attention on your wife, the judge, the police... And you are, you're basically at no fault. You're just doing what you want to do to feel better. And so on and so forth. It has a huge sway because there's no recognition of it. Because you call all of its behaviors yours. I don't see how you're going to become free from the bondage of self if you're in this prior condition. I don't. I just don't. I think it's going to severely limit the effects that are afforded to us through the program of recovery. I do. Because if, <laughs> if the problem is still being taken to be you, how are you going to be free from it? Yeah. That's what happens when people get driven crazy by alcoholism. Sometimes it leads them to taking their own life because they can't see the difference between what's talking to them and driving them to this point of incomprehensible demoralization in themselves. So they figure the only way I can shut this thing down is to shoot me. Yeah, that's insane to me completely. Yeah, because that which is speaking to you as you isn't you. 
Yeah, that's the presumption of this whole platform of these talks. If you don't like it, well, then don't come, you know, check out other people. Other people will tell you how to manage the problem of self. They will. Yeah, they'll tell you tons of skillful means and you'll become a Houdini of how to get out of self, but you'll constantly find yourself seemingly in self again. So being a Houdini isn't relief from the bondage of self. It's managing the bondage of self to get a little relief. That's a completely different uh, point of starting point that I'm not interested in at all, tell you the truth. So we want to just constantly put it as clearly as possible. The basic of these platforms of these talks is the exact nature of the wrong, humbly speaking, is an act of being identified as the disease. Yeah, the disease isn't alcoholism. That's an amplification. The disease is bondage of self, really. Bill W. in the third step prayer isn't asked to be relieved of alcoholism. He's asking to be relieved of the bondage of self because that's the basis of alcoholism. Alcoholism amplifies the bondage of self, reinforces the bondage of self, fucking makes it incredibly flamboyant and fucking even noticeable to the authorities. So basically you start catching a lot of consequences. But basically the self travels well from active alcoholism and recovery. It does. I mean, serious, seriously. So have we gotten to the exact nature of the problem? No, because we stop drinking and we stop using and we enter the phase of recovery, which isn't recovering from drinking and using. We have, we stopped. It's recovering from the underlying causes and conditions. Yeah, that's what I'm interested in. These... Yeah, it's great, you know. You know, there's to there's tons of people who are super clear about the book. They'll go every sentence and every letter in this in the words. I want to get the spirit of freedom from the bondage of self by diagnosing the exact nature of the wrong. That's what I care about. I do. And I humbly feel we've diagnosed the exact nature of the wrong. We're listening to a narrative that has us as a doer about a lot of shit we have nothing to do with. We're listening to it all day. Therefore, we believe the assumption its whole narration is based on. We are. See, this is it. If you were in the act of becoming self, you would probably cancel it, really. But the, how the, the head talks to us about self is we are one already. So the only opportunity we seemingly have by being identified as self is hoping to get out of it. Yeah. And therefore we did innocently looking for relief. We didn't want it to become addicts and alcoholics. We wanted relief from the fucking head yeah, or feeling uncomfortable or irritable wrestles and discontent. The direction was misled. Yeah, because the problem was was veering us to a solution that turned not out to not to be a solution, which reinforced the bondage of self. And now we had an addiction to drinking or drugs going along with it. Yeah. So we had the addiction to the thinking, then the drinking, then the drugs. You know, I used to love when you go to the big uh, 
the big uh, conventions and, and uh, roundups, some incredible circuit speakers, incredible. They're, they're funny as fucking hell, but I'd always leave with the great relief of laughing, but no understanding. The same fucking dilemma was there. There was no act. What's the root of the fucking problem? Yeah. And how does it act? How can I recognize it while it's going on? I need to know because I need, I don't want to keep trying to get relief as self. I want to get relief from self. Yeah. Where am I going wrong? Yeah. Am I seeking to get out of self? Am I reinforcing self or not? Yeah, I usually am. How the hell? What does it mean self can't get out of self? Give me some fucking clarity. Am I actually doing exactly that right now? Yeah, let me know. I mean, seeing it, seeing it in your own life is worth more than 500 pages of a book. It is. I'm serious. If you actually see the disease, not from it, there's great, great possibilities there. Yeah. Maybe it isn't a process of how to, to uh, learn how to enjoy peace of mind. You'll see it as an effect. The program has worked on us, has weakened by the statement, perhaps, you know, you've lost interest in self. That's a recovery right there. That's the basis of the fucking recovery is a loss of interest in self. It is. Yeah. And then it starts talking about what the effects are going to be. Well, I'm going to gain interest in others. I'm going to see how I can contribute to life. All of these possibilities that aren't there with an extreme interest in self suddenly become possible when there's a lessening of self. Yeah. So obviously, this, idea, this obsession with self has a huge influence in this life. If it weakens, all this shit becomes possible. If it strengthens, oop, they're impossible. Yeah, I can't enjoy peace of mind. My head is dictating me to be worried about tomorrow. What could possibly, because it, it doesn't say what could possibly happen. It says, I know what's going to happen tomorrow. You're going to be fucked. And because we have faith in it, then we feel that way now. It wins, yeah? And then you're not able to enjoy peace of mind. Based on what? The condition of self, really. It's not your condition, it's the condition of self. If self is in your condition, you're screwed. Totally, completely. If you see self's own condition, which is a more of a parasitical nature, it's living off of us. Yeah. If you see it's living off of us and then it's it's masquerading as living as us, that's the living off of us. Then there's a possibility of that decreasing. And what happens when you lose interest in self? You'll find out all those lovely things they describe as effects in the program, in the big book, you'll have an intimate experience of. You'll know it. You will know that, this, that, that, that the solution from the bondage of self is recognizing you're not self. Yeah. And then, you know, you can become a master of page 58 or, or 92 
or 184. You can become an articulate motherfucking master of tons of stuff. But let's get down to the root of it. Yeah. Is six is is the statement on page sixty four correct or not? Being convinced that that self manifested in various ways has defeated us. If it's not correct for you, there you go. If it is correct for you, if you're convinced of that, we are now going to look at self's common manifestations. Yeah, we're going to do an inventory based on its manifestations, not ours. Yeah, because it's been living through us. And therefore, it's not Paul's manifestations, it's self's manifestations. And they sure seem like the same manifestations that you're calling Kaisers. But they're the exact same manifestations. Yeah? Are they Kaisers actually? No, I don't believe so. Yeah? If you do, you better get a lot of help for Kaiser. Yeah? But I see myself as not Kaiser. So I don't give a shit. Yeah. That needs to be applied almost with the same, that same feeling with the stuff going on in one's head. We can pass on this. Oh, that's too hard. Let's just manage ourselves to have a better day every day. Yeah. Just let's live under the slavery of self. Yeah. I'm going to get a better self. I'm going to go, I'm going to be a self that won't flip out at a picnic. You know, or maybe have longer than a 3-month relationship or be able to hold a job. That's how, there's a lot of value in that. That's fine and dandy. Yeah, but this isn't the platform for that. Where you you some people here have given me the opportunity to put out this message and we're putting out this message. Yeah. You know, if you want to have mackerel with the cod, great. If you want to have salmon with the cod, great. But always giving you is cod, C-O-D. That's it. Yeah. And see where it takes you. I feel like before you get to the salmon and mackerel, you better get clear about the cod. I do. <laughs> I really do. Or I wouldn't be doing this. If I, I'd be, I would be giving classes. I would. I'd be giving classes of how to get out of self, as self. That's what I would be doing probably. And I'd probably get paid handsomely. As long as I kept self integral, holistic, oh no, you're that, but let's get better. I would have a, a huge fucking audience subscribing every week for the next tweak of a skillful means because you're going to need a lot of them. Because it's hard to manage a life dominated by self. It is. Either recovered or not recovered. It is. Because you keep running into its fucking blind spots. You do. Why am I not able to just enjoy now? Why am I preoccupied with yesterday and tomorrow? You're not. Self is. You're not. Yeah? Why can't I give and receive love why is this fear got me wrapped up like a mummy? Well, it's not you. It ain't. 
But if you keep identifying as it, it's going to work like a straitjacket. It is. It's going to severely limit your response to living. It is. You're going to get an interpretation about life. And you'll probably vote for the interpretation. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, the program is so completely sound. And the best part of the program is when you've recovered. It's a beautiful way to live as a recovered alcoholic. Yeah. I know the process is about getting relief from alcoholism, but the great part of the program is it allowed, it's a perfect way to live as a recovered alcoholic. The principles are sound. You've recognized the, you recognize the root of the problem. Yeah. You can pass on a message because you're attractive, not promoting because you got, you're a free range alcoholic. You're experiencing all those points of page 84. The problem does not exist for you right now. You know, you've been placed in a position of neutrality. You know, <laughs> we have a puppy as you get here. Yay. Yeah. We got a, we got a dog now. <laughs> he's, he's in the bondage of self. <laughs> he thinks it's better on this side of the door. <laughs> I got to relive that. I got to relive that story now. The Poopa Scoopa story. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I, uh, yeah, that's how I see it today. All right. Thanks. That's good. Um, listen, uh, this is this is the, the question answer part of this 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 presentation here today. So if you have a question or you want any clarification on what Paul's discussing this today um, or on any of the 12 steps, please raise your hand and come on in. We're going to go. Uh, our first question today, Paul, is from Rick Rowe in Toronto. Hey, Paul, uh, Rick, alcoholic from Toronto. Um, there's a couple questions I have. One being is I understand that self cannot get out of itself. And I know that from being here and you've answered a lot of uh, pertinent questions that have been in my mind that have not been answered um, in the program. Um, the other one is that I know I need God in order for this to happen, to get out of self. Um, and I can't seek what I am. I can only see what I'm not. That was like a big aha moment for me as well. But the one that I have um, a question about is, how does this apply to me seeking God today? Well, it may be over. Hmm. If you find God, let's call it find God, it would be a disservice to keep seeking it, yes? Yeah. Now, the head is very comfortable with seeking. It's not that comfortable with finding. <laughs> so a lot of times, the head will keep saying you're in the seeking mode when you've already found. Yeah, so maybe that's what you need to hear today. The other one is, 
I hear a lot of the times that I am God and you are God. And for me to, to move beyond resentment, fear, is that I need to see the light of God in you as well. No. To move over uh, beyond resentment is to see you're not the one who has the resentment. That's the self. Yeah, because again, once you have to see the light of God in another person, you've put a very simple requirement or a condition on something. Yeah? And then you'll see the light in the other person, and then the head will add another condition, and then another condition, and another condition. Yes? You'll be playing God with your getting out of resentment. That makes perfect sense. The last question I have is, I know an Alcoholics Anonymous was step one, and I get it to the core that I am powerless over that. And I've been taught that the second part is the rest of it, whether I'm a cocaine addict, a meth addict, a heroin addict, that all falls into the second step. The second um, step. Yeah. No, sorry, not the second step, the, the second part of the step. Yeah, the second part of it, the right, unmanageability. Now, as a Cocaine Anonymous member as well, because I I'm I apply to all fellowships pretty much, that doesn't make sense to me. Is there a way that you can bring me to a place of where I, I understand that um, clearer, I guess? What do you mean, the second part? Um, well, no, because I, I don't know how I see. I, I can apply this in Alcoholics Anonymous. I get it. I get that I have this disease. But what confuses me as a Cocaine Anonymous member is how do I <laughs> apply that to the first step? Well, the cocaine is just, a, it's just sort of like... Uh, Let's say you're addicted to alcohol, yeah? Mm -hmm. And then you want to see, you know, you seem to like vodka more than whiskey, and so you're confused. But, yeah, cocaine is just a, an avenue for the addiction to find itself into life, you know? To express, yeah? Okay. Yeah. And I'm telling you, probably in Toronto, half the time you did cocaine, it wasn't much coke in it. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, <I'm> pretty good shit. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, see the problem resides in the mind. Right. Addiction isn't what you're addicted to. Mm. It's it's a behavioral thing going on. So yeah. But yeah. it still falls into the, the 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 second part of step one. Well, yeah, see, my experience, I had a wrong understanding. So when I came into AA, I thought what was causing the unmanageability in my life was my using Coke and drug and alcohol. So when I stopped, I thought things were going to get that much, much, much better, which they didn't. Because really, what brought me to using alcohol and Coke was managing. Yeah, I was trying to manage or my head was trying to manage its own nasty nature by getting loaded. So 
<laughs> to me, it's my managing that causes the unmanageability. And I don't see it's my managing. Let's say it's self-managing is causing the unmanageability. So I need to transfer. I got to kick out the CEO, so to speak, which I can't do. So I have to get a power greater than the CEO to drag it out of the office so that that greater power can appoint itself to run my life. And therefore, now my life, life seems manageable. Yeah, that's the spirit of it to me. Thank you. Yeah. See, the unmanageability and the manageability isn't based on how it's going, really. That has a large, that, that has a, its role. It's how we see things. So when we're seeing life from self, that self is a very myopic view, which causes a lot of uh, misperception. Yeah. We take a lot of shit that's not true to be true. And then a lot of shit's based on those assumptions that lead to other assumptions and therefore you get fucked, yeah? There's a, there's a way of seeing, like we're like sort of the uh, telescope, yeah? Now the telescope isn't what's seeing, it facilitates seeing. So what's gonna really direct, you know, you could have the telescope look at the stars or you could just focus on a fucking, you know, text you got about, you know, how you're a fucking idiot and just completely emphasizing that. And you know what I mean? It's sort of based on what's looking through the telescope. If it's self, it's, it's, star, it's stars are different than the one in the sky. You're the star. So everything that you look at really just amplifies you, the looker. Where when spirit's looking through the telescope, yeah, it's a much nicer experience for the telescope. Yeah, because it's it's pointing not back on itself. It's pointing out. Yeah, yeah. You know, how to contribute to life and shit like that. Yeah. See, self-centeredness, no matter what you're involved with, the biggest reflection is you in it. Yeah, this is self-centeredness. Yes? So whatever you're obsessing over is actually magnifying the picture of you yes this is called the it's called this the loop of self-importance yeah it just keeps this is a way of seeing directed by obviously self or selfing there's other options of how to see yeah it <laughs> just are yeah we call it a spiritual seeing or a spiritual awakening in recovery and uh but the beauty is you've probably had a big, a lot of uh, intimations of both, yeah? You've had a life seen through self and you've had a life seen through spirit, hopefully. So you can judge the tree by its fruits, yeah? How do you travel when you follow the suggestions and the principles of AA? How do you follow how do you travel when you follow the principles and the suggestions of self? Just see. I mean, really. It's a, you don't need a, there shouldn't be a big confused why. Just see see one's a failed system, the other's a working system. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So 
Yeah. My experience of the second part of the first step is it's, it's managed. It's the managing of self that causes my life to be unmanageable. Simple as that. Yeah. Because really self, the idea of self, this mental self-centeredness is not up to the task. Yeah. It's not. It doesn't bring it doesn't bring us clear evidence. It it presents a lot of false evidence. Yeah. And then our life gets based on those false evidences, and then we live in a lot of anxiety constantly, almost as if you're getting a mini electrocution all day because you can't. And it's not fear because there's no apparent threat. It's mental anxiety. Yeah. With, because there's a deep faith in the thoughts. And that's why it says perhaps there's a better way. Trusting something infinite instead of finite self. You want to see how you're trusting finite self? The deep belief in the thoughts that are being paraded through your consciousness. That's it. Yeah. Perhaps there's a better way. Trusting something infinite that doesn't present itself to us through thought. It doesn't. It may use thoughts occasionally, but it doesn't present itself through thought. It presents us pre- presents itself through a sense. Yeah? You have a sense of the spirit. You don't have a thought of the spirit. Yeah? Which one seems to, you know, I mean, I've lived a lengths of time based on those two very different systems. I mean, literally, I mean, a, a life of recovery is a huge upgrade. <laughs> Unbelievably, a huge upgrade. It allows so many possibilities that the other one never will. It may tell you, it may down the road if you do this and do that and do this and do that and do, it has tons of requirements, but it never delivers the goods. It's just fucking, it's like a propaganda channel and you got nothing in your belly, nothing in your pockets, but a big fucking story. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> you know, when you listen to someone else's life story, it hopefully leads you to see yours, to see it, to feel it. Yeah. What, why does the term self can't get out of self? Why does that mean? It's an important understanding to have because you may be right in the midst of that happening right now. You may. You may be taking yourself to be one of those selves that you're trying to get out of or as the one, yes? <laughs> I'm it's a strong, strong possibility. And it's all based on without us knowing it because we're identified as it, yeah? When we meet self in our lives, we call it me. I mean, Jesus, how are you going to kick it out if it's you that you'd have to kick out? It's got a perfect, it has a perfect resonance. It's, it's, you're identified as it. You can't see the difference between you and it. So it's having a field day with you. 
<laughs> it is. It gets to live a life of its own making, which is interpretive. Yeah? It interprets. It doesn't live. It interprets. Yeah? There's a huge difference between living and living in interpretation. There is a huge difference. And when you're in an interpretation, you don't have any idea. You don't. You don't. You think it would be a peak experience to live again. So you jump off a bridge with a bungee cord or you get on a 30-foot wave and you're scared into the moment. But you think that's a, that's a very rare possibility. You have to do something extreme to feel that way. No, you don't. It's available at all time. You can, yeah. <laughs> but it's hard to feel alive when you're dead. Yeah. And an, interpret, an interpretation is deadening. It deadens your, your ability to be alive. Yeah. Because it's all based on a pre-assumption I know. So you were always in the contempt prior to investigation. That's warned about in our big book. Yeah? We live a life, an interpretive life that's based on wanting to be right is a, is prior, it's a contempt prior to investigation. That's what it is. Yeah? You think you know how you are and how it's going to be. You do. The head tells you, I know you. I know what's going to happen. You're never going to get fucking anywhere. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. You know, I see people who are sober, but their head doesn't think so. The head says, no, you're not sober, but they're sober, actually. They are. Because they have faith in the fucking thought system. Why? So, yeah. So, yes. My observation was what was causing the unmanageability was self-managing through me this life. Yes. All right. All right. Let's go to it next. Nice to see you, Rick. Yeah. Thanks, Rick. We're going to go to Kevin C. now. Let's get him unmuted. Greetings. Uh, greetings from Southwest Florida. Uh, question or uh, your thoughts on um, steps eight and nine. Um, the idea, perhaps, that I'm not responsible for uh, what I was doing. Uh, I'm not the author, and yet I'm somehow accountable. Yes. Um, they happened on my watch, so to speak. Yes. Um, That's the exact thing. I think <clears throat> just in my own experience, when I was young, being obsessed with self, I, I felt I was responsible for fucking everything. Yeah, and I had one glaring example. It's going to be a little long-winded, but I'll get to the point. I remember when I was six years old, uh, my father got very ill. So my mother would had to tell me, hey, dad's not going to be able to take you to the park and shit like that. They even brought the family doctor over to tell me. 
and I could understand it in a certain way, but how I felt was, what did I do to cause my father not to want to play with me? Yeah. So I had an inordinate sense of responsibility for a lot of shit I had nothing to do with. Yeah. So one of the great drives for me to get loaded was to shake off that feeling. Like when I walked in a room and someone yawned, I would take it like I caused them to be bored. Yeah. This insane idea of having a huge outsized role in life. So I decided I want, you know, I don't want to be fucking responsibility. I'm just going to get loaded. Yeah. So that basically if something happened and I felt like embarrassed for doing that, I would move out of state. Yeah. <laughs> I, would never, I would just avoid fucking showing up for anything because of a huge sense of pride, really. <laughs> really. So basically I come into AA and they say, hey, listen, and to me, one of the first big waves of recovery is seeing your role in things, you know, that's an incredible start. And so I had, I started to become responsible. Yeah. And I did the, and that responsibility led me at first to get an AIDS test because I was intravenous drug user. I figure if I'm ever going to go out with somebody, I should fucking get an AIDS. So I started to act responsibly in my life. And that led to doing the fourth step. And then I saw, with the help of someone else, you know, the patterns of what had defeated me. I wasn't clear about the idea of self yet. And then it led me to do the eighth and ninth step, and I made the amends, yeah? I did the inventories, made the amends as best as I could, and therefore I was done. I took responsibility. But then I think there's other waves after that, which is you see what you were doing under the influence that caused you to have to make these amends weren't truly your behaviors, yeah? They were, let's say, alcoholic behaviors or addictive behaviors. So now that I have shown up and been responsible, it leads me to realize something else. Hey, when I, when I was out there using, I was dancing with the gorilla, and I was only going to stop when the gorilla wanted to stop. So let's give unto the gorilla what is due to the gorilla. Yeah. So the example I use is my, I have a dog now, literally, but before... Let's say I had a dog and that dog shit on my neighbor's lawn. Yeah. The neighbor calls me up and says, hey, your fucking dog shit on my lawn. I want, can you come over here and clean it up? So I go over there and I clean it up because it's my dog. I'm accountable for that dog. Yeah. I clean up the shit. Yeah. And I decide I'm not going to walk down that side of the street anymore. So my dog will not shit on his lawn. But I do not think I was the one who shat on his lawn. Yeah, very clear. It was the dog. Yes. It wasn't me. This is I feel when the big book was written, they had the most four years sobriety. They haven't been under the influence of the relief that we have been. So there's more waves to come in recovery. Yeah. You want to avoid all responsibility, then you take responsibility, and then you and then you see that maybe you weren't responsible for all that shit. Maybe there's something that was living through you. Yeah? Aha! 
And then you realize, why does, why does do most people not want to do the fourth step? Because the disease that has them does not want you to look at your role in things because you're going to see self's role in things. You are. You're going to see the disease. You're going to see, and then hopefully by doing the inventory, there'll be a separation between your role and its role. And now you'll be convinced that self manifested in various ways, resentments, fears, harms done to others, pursuit of what I want, yes? Self, those are its manifestations, is what has defeated us. How did I realize that? How did I see that by doing the inventory? I thought I was looking at my role in things, and I saw its role in things. Hopefully, I hope you, I hope you do. I really do. Because when I'm working with people, they're not, on an, at least on an intellectual level, they're not going to leave thinking they were my resentments. They're going to see that they were self's manifestations. Yeah? So stop calling self's manifestations yours, because if you keep calling them yours, that's the bondage of self. You're bonding yourself to self's manifestations by claiming them to be yours. What... These great statements can be seen right this second. The bondage of self is that. It's just that something is manifesting through us that's not of us, and the mental state is claiming that they're ours. The problem resides in the mind. The mind is claiming its behaviors as our behaviors, so the parasite can keep sucking the life out of the host. You can't entertain being free from it because you're identified as it. You cannot entertain being free from it while being identified as it. You can't. That entertaining of being free from it is free as it. That's how it's being entertained. The whole system gets captured through, act, through identification. The whole system. That's how it works. Unless you see it as other, you're going to live as if it's you. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. I mean, I've seen it. I've talked to thousands, thousands of people in recovery. I've had 30 years of sobriety, 32 years. I've seen it in myself. I've seen it in others over and over again. The bondage of self is the act of being identified with self by claiming its manifestations as your manifestations. Yeah. It's sort of like you keep, you know, trimming the leaves, but the fucking tree keeps growing because you're not getting to the root of the situation. If you outgrew fear, if you outgrew fear and resentment, which is a possibility, your length of inventories would diminish greatly. <laughs> Seriously. It would diminish greatly. When you start outgrowing that which is producing the incessant need to have to review everything all the time, because self is doing a lot of shit called you, when you outgrow that dilemma, there's less and less need to do an inventory because the resentments come and go, because they're not yours. Yours can last for 50 years. What's breathing 50 years into that resentment? Does the resentment have a 50-year lifespan? No. Resentments, you're on the highway, you get pissed off, five minutes later you forget. Yeah? But no, when it's, once it's crowned my resentment, 
it it links up with all the other my resentments and now oh, they get to fucking live for 50 years through us this is how i see it if it works with you oh there's not much you need to do just you know next time you do an inventory and when you write about resentment you won't add the word my to it yeah and you'll see it in a new light and i'll tell you it's much easier to be free from a resentment than your resentment i'm telling you unbelievably easier yeah your resentment could be the reason for your whole life's interpretation, like that story in Freedom from Bondage by the woman. She had a heavy-duty resentment towards her mother, and she had a story going that she'd do anything to get out of that resentment. She got sober, and she realized that was quite the opposite. Her head was milking it like the golden cow for all her failed relationships, blamed on her mother, not finishing college, blamed on her mother. She wasn't letting, the, the disease wasn't letting go of that resentment towards her mother, but she realized if I don't, I'm gonna drink again. And then she ran, ran into that, that, that uh, article in that magazine about pray for them to have what you want, even if you don't mean it, yeah? All that stuff came from, if you talked to her before she was sober, she said, I'd do anything to let go of the resentment. Then she gets a little light on the subject and she sees it's fucking, that's the golden calf. It's being milked every day. You know, I'm not, the message, I don't even care about the message. The message is based on relief. I got relief and then it got reverse engineered and I'm sharing it with you because I got a feeling you, <laughs> if self is what has defeated all of us, then self is a singularity that all of us are seemingly carrying. So if we can describe self to us instead of, trying to describe us to self, let's describe self to us and hopefully it hits, yeah? And you'll see you may not be that. And then you may start losing interest in listening to the fucking story about it all day. You may, yeah? And you may gain interest in listening to the fucking birds sing, yeah? Or the dog bark or whatever. And you'll know the tree by its fruits when you get relief when you when you get relief from the problem that's seeing from the solution that's what it is yeah you know the problem from the solution you don't know the problem from the problem it's just a bigger part of the problem you know the problem from the solution yeah you get relief from it and then you know why you weren't getting relief from it that's what it tells you yeah so, all right, thanks. All right, Paul, we've got uh, Stephen Paris coming in now. Yeah, Hi, Stephen. Hi, I'm Stephen, an addict. Hi, Paul. Uh, I shared a, a fifth step about 18 months ago, and the mental activity in my mind diminished by quite a bit. 
and my mind was quiet for for a long while. But I've, and I've kind of been able to observe the the ego. But, but the thing is, is is we're still a part of self in the observer, in the witness. Is there still some unconscious part of self that's observing these thoughts? Well, no. See, the observing is is consciousness. The uh, mental activity of selfing is claiming to be the observer. That's what changes the observing. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. The, the observing doesn't come from the mental condition. The observing is consciousness of spirit, but it's being claimed and being used for something else. Yeah. 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 So now the observer is you looking at the bad you. So now there's a sort of a, a good you looking at the bad you. Both of them are not you. Yeah. 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 So I've actually been finding, I've been thinking about a lot of the things that you've been saying quite a lot. So even though I know it's my ego, but it's still thinking about your message a lot. I mean, is that something that happens or should? Yeah, that's something that happens. And then hopefully the message will uh, fuck up with the machinery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the hope. It's like a bag of fucking uh, nuts we're throwing in there. It tries to digest it and claim it, and it go, uh, hopefully stalls, and then you have a pause, and you realize, hey, that stopped, but something continued. Aha! What continues when the mental state stops? You. What you really are. Yes. Yeah, we're giving... Something is living as us that comes after us. It's produced by the mental state, yeah? We are there already. What we are is already here. <laughs> it's just that we've been, the mental state has made up a new race and a new starting point, yeah? And changed some of the monopoly squares <laughs> and gave it a whole new meaning, yeah? But yeah. what's there before is never going to be, can never be affected by that which is after. That's why the freedom is before any bondage of self. The freedom is available. Yeah. Now. Yeah. See, I don't work on freedom. Let's say you work on the bondage of self. The freedom doesn't come from work. It's available. You, what comes from the work of the program is a diminishing of the self or the mental state. And then the freedom becomes obvious, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Good to see you, Steve. Yeah, it's in there, man. It's going to, you've been served the spiritual subpoena. Don't worry about it. You got the greatest, you get it. The spiritual subpoena comes with the greatest attorney of all times because all your transgressions are null and voided. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Thanks. Um, we're going to hear from Paul K now, Paul. Are we? Yes, we <laughs> are. Here he comes. Hey, right. Paul. Hey, Paul, this is Paul from New York. Oh, how are you, Paul? And I got some coffee. 
<laughs> I know that you like, you know, every every once in a while you need to get your your fix of New York. I got enough already just by hearing you, yes. Yeah, but I was going to say it's great, man. It's great. I, I usually catch the videos because work-wise I don't always get to attend, but it's such a joy to attend the meetings. And, and the, I just love what you're doing. And uh, just listening to you talk, it's like a like a lone saxophone in the night. You know, it's great, man. But I was going to say, too, I really enjoy how you talk about uh, it not really being a spiritual or religious practice. It's more almost like life, like real life. Like when the rubber hits the road, I think that, you know, if you're on the meditation or the yoga mat or the meetings are great, but then the 23 hours of the rest of your life can be kind of challenging. But I love what you're saying because it's, I think the way I've understood it is it's not really, it's almost automatic the way you're working the steps in your very being. Like you said, it's oh, that base of awareness is always there. And then we cause the problem. Then we can always uncause the problem by realizing that we are the, we're the cause of the problem. So I just love how you talk about it. Cause I think when you try to do it as a practice and actively do it, then it can, you can lose your way. Yes. But it's just so amazing. I really, it's, it's great to hear you and all these other people, like you were saying, you know, I've been watching these videos since, you know, I first saw that you were doing them regularly. And it's just so amazing how people, like you were saying, I, I love how you were saying it. Initially for years, you had these talks where nobody would, question you and then now all of a sudden it's almost like flipped around where people are being engaged but I think it's amazing because it's really just people connecting and that's like what I do miss about you know me Paul New York recovering alcoholic and addict I miss you know when you go out to bars and just partying stuff that connection with people and just I think temporarily in a temporal sense maybe self can get out of self when you do the drugs and alcohol for that moment, but then you wake up the next morning and it's like, Oh man, I, I, this is who I am. So, but I think that going into these rooms and like you call it the squares, it's such a nice place to be with other people who are fellow, you know, minds that, that think alike. Like when I go to work or other places, people are like, Oh man, doesn't this guy shut up? Or they don't want to hear what I'm saying, but here it's like, everybody's kind of, sort of on the same page and it's such a nice uh, place to sort of connect with other people that are like-minded and I think what you're doing it's amazing it's almost, it's like therapeutic and cathartic because it allows people to live this way not just during the meeting but after the meeting you know to, to like you say travel lighter it's just such a joy man and I, I really appreciate it and thank you so much for your what you're doing you know it's 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 just, it's great. Like other people have said, just even hearing you talk, even if I didn't hear the words, it's just, it's soothing, man. And it, it, it's because it's almost like you're speaking, not like you've said before, if Paul had to come to the meeting, he'd be like, ah, screw that shit. Or I don't want to talk about it, but it's like, you're speaking from this other place, which we all have, we all are that, you know, I yes. love it. I think it's, yeah. it reminds me of the story. I know it's drifting off a little bit, but I heard it's stories where Paul. Ramana, they said, tried to run away from the ashram. But then he had to go back. But thank you very much. And I really do appreciate the fellowship and, and you as, as our fearless 
leader. I've been Zen bitch slapped. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, Paul. But uh, remember, yes, the fearless leaders being led. Yeah, <laughs> the fearless leader is being led. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be led by the fearless leader. <laughs> but the fearless leader is being led, so it works, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Yes, I just reinvigorated my accent. But we got another guy named Joe from the Bronx that does the same, so. All right, anyone else? Yeah, we just we just got a, a, another hand. Uh, Donna, would you like to come in and ask your question? I'm gonna be parked in like two seconds, but I'll, I just wanted to say how important the conversation, hi Paul, wanted, wanted to say how important the conversation was the other day on the sense of self will focus on, on the, not on the improvement, but on what's still fucked up. And that really, that really has just uh, penetrated, penetrated my experience um, and allowed my eyes to be open to all these things about life getting lighter and easier and uh, ride, riding easier in the saddle. So I just wanted to say uh, thanks for that, uh, for that pointing especially. And it's really, I've been chuckling about mindfulness lately. <laughs> um, and the absurdity of even that uh, thought. Yes. Uh, so thank you. It's just always a joy to, to listen in and have the pebble go over the fence uh, more often. Good, good. Yeah, thank you for that share. You bet. Yeah, the... Uh... One of the, if, if there's observations that are, let's say, unclaimed by uh, the head, the observations lead to a recognition of a failed system, you know? I mean, I think it says, Bill W. says it very well in the fear inventory. Why are you... Or why are you in so much fear today? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? So self-reliance is a failed system. Yeah. What happens when you finally admit that or come to that conclusion? If you have the right understanding, there can be a shift, not caught by the statement self can't get out of self, but a shift from perhaps there's a better way, trusting the infinite rather than the finite self. That's how it goes. Yeah. How the system will try to claim it is captured by self can't get out of self. But hopefully you understand that and you realize you're not going to get out of self as self. So there's a way. So you stop trying to get out of something that you were never in. See, this is the dilemma. Selfing is an activity of the head. There is no self. The selfing implies there's one. So when we start from self, it isn't like we're on the path of becoming self. We already think we are. And so the only way to look at anything is I want to get out. 
because the yin is just assumed to be true. We're questioning that. That's not true. All the selfing doesn't make a self. It doesn't. It just implies one. That's all it does. Yeah? It doesn't, it, it's not like, oh, it's, it's, there was 300 hours of selfing and then suddenly the 301st hour, self! Yeah? No. There's just selfing. There's no self. You're not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. You aren't a thing. You may be looking through one, but you're not one. In other words, the quality of seeing has been identified as the telescope, but the telescope doesn't see fucking shit without a seeing looking through it, yeah? It facilitates seeing to see stuff, yeah? What happens is the mental state of the telescope thinks the telescope is what's seeing. Yeah? And so now, to compensate for that not being true, it just puts an interpretation in front of the lens. So you just keep seeing the same old, same old. Yeah? You keep refeeling, rethinking, rehashing, redoing, because you're not looking. That You're not seeing anything. Yeah? Because the telescope can't see. It facilitates, yeah? It facilitates something to see. The stars, let's say. But that something isn't the telescope, yeah? Just like this, the fearless leader isn't what, isn't the message. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just another telescope and something's coming through it. Yeah, that's really what's happening. If the head will not see it that way, the head will keep saying you're going to become a spiritual telescope. Yeah? You know, and I, I beg the difference. You tell me the difference between a telescope and a spiritual telescope. You can't see any. <laughs> telescope it ain't kaiser the body it ain't paul the brain and the body yeah there's something that's before us that we are yeah why not you can't get you can't get to it from what you're not but you can see what you're not from it yeah what that's what we're attempting to reinforce is the latter proposition Seeing what you're not from what you are instead of looking for what you are from what you're not. We're just hoping to hold it in place every week so that it just sets for a second or two because only a, a second or two of it will convince you. It doesn't need 50 years of advertising. Just one free sample can be more than enough. You get to see, hey, that's something stopped the selfing stopped, but something continued. I must be that which continues when the selfing stops. I must be. Yeah? You're it. Yeah? Not as this, but as what we are. You can't, you don't want to say it too much because you are it already. You want to just overwhelm the mental system so that you'll get a free sample from what you are to as what you are and that's 
that's greater than like 300,000 hours of teaching or reading 800 pages of spiritual books. Just seeing it in your own, you know, your own event goes a long, 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 long way. Yeah. So, all right. Anyone else? Uh, and that's it. You want to say your goodbyes? Yeah, I would. I'd like to. Yeah. Let's say uh, we got Kaiser. Nice to see you, Kaiser. Kurt, as always. We got Rob Farr. Yeah, from the UK. Paul from the UK. Mike Z. I don't know which planet Mike's from, but I don't. We'll we'll try to figure that out. Uh, we got Owen K. We got Jack G. He's at he's poolside. Yeah. He he finds all these facilities that are closed, and then he squats <laughs> for a few hours, does the video, and then he moves to something else. It's like either a construction shed or a pool or whatever. Raven, nice to see you, Raven. We got Walter from the Netherlands. Joseph, are you from you're France, Joseph? France, yes. Joseph from France. Carl from Ireland. Oh, an Irish, an Irish lad. We got Michelle from Pad 2, iPad 2. <laughs> Rebecca P, nice to meet you, Rebecca. Yeah. We got Goddess Vision, yes. That's nice. I like that. Gisela, is it is it Gisela? Oh, she's got the book on having never left. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's Gisela. Oh, Gisela. Gisela. Nice to meet you, Gisela. We got Stephen. He's not from Paris, but that's his last name. He's from Glasgow. We got Stefan. Nice to see you, Stefan. Mickey. Hi, Paul. Uh, see you, Mickey. Nice to see you, honey. We got uh, Sydney. Sydney made a guest appearance. He's uh, an old alumnus from Zen Bitslap, proving that you always have a lifetime membership. We got Vicky, George's better half. But there is no better or worse in the void. There's just the void. Beatrice. Nice to see you, Beatrice. And thank you for uh, running the show today. Glenn, Helen, Justin, John W. It's a little colder than usual out there. Nina, nice to see you, Nina. Randy S. Randy's in a non-moving vehicle. That's good. Uh, we got Rick Rowe. Thanks for the questions. Oh, we got Monique, uh, a visitor from Alberta. Yes. Oh, and there's mom. Nice to see you, mom. I know you never understand what anything I'm saying, but it's just enjoy the entertainment value. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Paul. Ross, <laughs> Ross, the moving of the hands, everything. Ross, <laughs> Ross is, uh, he's got the, he's got the gear on. All right. Paul K. Where are you in uh, New York, Paul? Uh, it's all right. I'm in. Uh, I was in Long Island. Oh, you are. We're in Long Island. Yeah. Well, I'm actually now. I'm in Long Island City, which is technically uh, Queens, but I'm from. Uh, Rock a lot of my family's from Long Island City. Yeah, well, I'm from Rockwell Center originally, but you know, it's all one island, right? 
Yes, yes. Well, like you said, Rapposeno is a trippy place. For... Yeah, it is. It's totally. I think they use that for the eternal spotless sunshine, whatever that movie thing was supposed yeah. to took. Yeah, I got arrested a lot there. Shit. Yeah, All right. you probably crossed paths and didn't even realize it. Yeah, maybe you owe me money. You sold me oregano. <laughs> Kieran, nice to see you, Kieran. Uh, Kieran, Joseph. Joseph, nice to see you, Joseph. Welcome. Stephen of Paris again. We got Amy Kay from Seattle. Uh, Mama says no mask, good for him. Oh, uh, yeah, there. Uh, I don't know. There's some anonymous folks. Malcolm. Hey, Malcolm, thanks so much. Uh, I'll talk more about it with you. I couldn't get the audio working on it today, though, but thank you so much for uh, the gift. And I'll get in touch with you through Mike. Mike can give me your number or something. All right. Thanks. We got uh, Ross, Maury, Ruth, Maggie. Uh, numbers. Hey, thanks everyone for uh, just everything. I appreciate this opportunity. Okay, see you guys later. Sydney, take it easy. Don't take that self too seriously. All right, thank you. See you guys. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Paul. Thank you.